Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis, which could lead to psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix treats both. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, 300 milligram dose, and adults with active psoriatic arthritis, 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into Tide Talk Live, the special Saturday morning edition of the show. Uh, this is something we're going to try to do throughout the college football season each and every Saturday morning uh, before If our internet allows uh, it. Yeah, if our internet allows it. Uh, so y'all be patient with us today. It seems like our internet provider is uh, crap the bed on us. So we'll do our best to, to get through the show. So just be patient with us on that. Uh, Jake, it's a beautiful Saturday morning here in North Alabama. Uh, hope you're doing well, buddy. What's going on, man? Just you know, just glad to be on tonight or today. If I'm used to saying night because it seems like we, uh, we do everything at night, but you know, this is a great, it's a beautiful Saturday morning here in North Alabama. It's starting to get a little sticky, uh, but other than that, I'm glad, uh, glad to be on. Uh, the chat is popping, Ronnie, uh, Lil Joe C, Bob. Thank you all for, for uh, joining this morning and uh. You know, once football season rolls around, we'll be back every Saturday morning for a preview uh, for, you know, just get you excited and amped up for for the game. So, uh, you know, this is not a one-time thing. This is going to be going on for the football season. So, we're excited. Thank you all for joining. Stacey, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm great. Yeah, like you said, this is kind of a, a trial run for, for what we plan to do uh, each Saturday morning during the college football season. Uh, and, and if you're just joining uh, – we mentioned at the beginning, just be patient with us today. Both of our internet uh, is is just it's, it's hit or miss for us right now. So be patient with us if we go out. Uh, we'll do our best to, to make it through the show. Uh, we're going to get to the live chat, uh, you know, really periodically throughout the show. But we're going to mainly be uh, focused on Q&As towards the end of the program. We're going to be looking at just a couple of quick hitters before we get to those Q&As. Uh, but as, as the people continue to, to file in through the show, we appreciate everybody joining. Uh, good morning, Tristan. Thank you for joining the show. Um, 
uh, yeah, that's that's one thing yes. that we could talk mm-hmm. about. Uh, Cassidy's here, Ronnie. Mm-hmm. Just thank Ronnie, you guys for, for joining the show. Um, thank you. Uh, it is fan day in Tuscaloosa, so uh, I'm not going to go down there. Uh, it's too hot for me right now to go down there. And <laughs> plus, I, I got a sick kid that I'm, I'm having to stay home with. But, uh, uh, but yeah, fan day in Tuscaloosa today. Uh, be fun to get down there and see what the team looks like in person. Uh, glad that fan day is back for those who want to go down there and check that out. So if you're going to fan day, let us know. Uh, we'd love to kind of give you a shout out there. Um, Jake, uh, the college football season is right on the corner and uh, they had practice on Thursday. Um, you can't take a ton from it, obviously, because right. it's just one practice. We only get bits and pieces, you know, through pictures and, through like a, what it was a three or four minute video that the team released, mm-hmm. uh, but one picture that that caught my eye right away um, was that of of Terrence Ferguson mm-hmm. taking first team reps, you know, right there by Seth McLaughlin at left guard, and and you know obviously it's just one picture, but from everything that we've gathered from people we know, uh, it looks like Terrence Ferguson and Darren Dalcourt are going to be splitting reps with the with, with first team left guard. I think that's huge. I'll be honest with you. I think we're the only show that really talked about that this summer, the possibility of Terrence Ferguson, you know, winning that starting left guard role there. You know, all the all the talk this summer has been about Caden Proctor, and rightfully so. But we were about the only show who was adamant that, that T.J. Ferguson is not a guy to forget about when it comes to, you know, maybe possibly earning a starting spot along that offensive line. Just what's your thoughts on that right now, you know, just a couple of days into fall camp? Yeah, you know, I, I sent you a text, I believe, yesterday, and and you know, and I asked you about it, and and uh, you pretty much confirmed, you know, because when I, when I first saw that picture, I mean, it was a zoomed in up picture, pretty much showing Seth, and I was like, okay, well, we know Seth's there. And then I got to look, and I was like, that's not Dalcourt beside him, and you know, I was trying to, you know, I was like, okay, you could you could see the nine, but you barely could see the six. I was like, okay, so I went to the to the main roster online. And I was like, okay. There's a nine. I said, that almost does look like a six. So I found, I was like, that is Terrence Ferguson. So I was like, okay, you know, I, I'm interested in this because, you know, like we have said all summer, if and, you know, we're not making a lot of the situation. It's just facts that the left side of that of that offensive line is the weakest in, in the link right now. So that is Dalcourt and that is uh, Elijah Pritchett. Now it looks like Pritchett, you know, he may have, He's going to be the left tackle. Looks like you know Caden Proctor may may make a run later in fall camp, but right now we're going to stick with he's going to be the left tackle game one. But that left guard position looks like it's up for grabs, and Dakor's got got serious you know competition because like you said, Stacy Terrence Ferguson he's been down there a couple years and uh, he's a really solid player. Uh, some of the limited time that he's he has seen in action, uh, and I feel like he would be an upgrade over Dalcor. And I don't, I'll say that in, in the most respectful way, you know, we talked about, we really like Dalcor the way he has handled himself at Alabama and just being a true leader and, uh, you know, cog and on that, you know, offensive line for several years, but, you know, it, an upgrade, anybody honestly would be an upgrade over him to, just to be, just to be blunt about it. Yeah. No doubt about it. And, and we've talked about Terrence Ferguson all summer long. Uh, he he come in as a part of the uh, see the 20, 2021 class, a a highly rated four star recruit uh, from the state of Georgia. And 
And, you know, at that point in time, that's before Coach Wolford arrived in Tuscaloosa. We were recruiting a little bit different style of offensive lineman, and he was really a part of that style as far as he was only around 290 pounds when he arrived on campus. Uh, he's up to, you know, 318, almost 320 now, so he's put on nearly 30 pounds in, in two and a half seasons uh, in Tuscaloosa. But uh, he, even though he was a little on the slight side when he arrived on campus, he was a very physical player and kind of a, a, that nasty type player that me and you talk about a lot on the show, Jake. So uh, he really fits the mold of what Eric Wolford wants to do on the offensive line. So uh, I think what, what TJ is doing is, is either he's going to win the job or he's going to push Dalcourt to be better. And if that, you know, and whatever happens, happens. And, and it could be a scenario where it's a lot like last season where we saw three guys playing the two guard spots. You know, we had Javion Cohen and Emil Echior, and then we brought in Tyler Booker. So it could be a scenario where Terrence Ferguson is that third guard, and we just kind of play musical guards there uh, on the Alabama offensive line. And you brought up Caden Proctor and, and the fact that, you know, right now it's still Elijah Pritchett. It's still so early on, Jake, in the process here in fall camp. Right. I'm not going to rule him out. But I'm also not going to count out Elijah Pritchett as being capable of taking that next step and becoming an elite offensive tackle for Alabama. So, like Tristan said there in the comments, I want the five best players plus mm -hmm. some added depth on that offensive line. I think that's what we're going to get this fall. I really believe in what Coach Wolford is doing, and I really trust the process that he and Coach Saban are going through to put the five best players out there. Whether you have to kind of rotate guys in or out to, to get the five best guys out there, I'm with it because I, I trust what they're doing with the offensive line in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, absolutely, 100%, Stacy. And, you know, one thing that you have seen – no matter who the offensive line uh, coach is, but it's really been a Saban style down there, is you have five or six offensive linemen that can step up and play because use packages, especially goal line packages, that have an extra tackle or an extra guard. And we've seen, you know, Randolph uh, have, has been that guy the last couple of seasons. So you need somebody – you need five or six, seven guys, not only for injury purposes, but for a goal line – package that has a six you know offensive guard or tackle in the game yeah no doubt no doubt there's 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 so many options that the album has right now and mm -hmm. and you know although you know you look at what album has on the right side jake oh man, man. i mean I, I don't know if there's a better right side in college football between yeah. tyler booker and jc latham i mean that is you talk about a dynamic duo and then, then you add what Seth McLaughlin is there at center, Jake, a, a guy who's maybe not the most talented guy, maybe not the most athletically gifted. But, you know, a lot like what Alabama has always been at center when, when they when they have good offensive line, is the dude just gets the job done. I mean, he does right. he does all the little things right. He gets everybody the right calls. He gets everybody blocking the right guy. And uh, he just does his job. So uh, from Seth over to J.C. Latham on the right side, uh, that is an elite. Is it that is as elite as it gets in college football? So excited to see what they do over there. I, I, they're going to be running behind that right side early and often when the season rolls around. Yeah, you know Booker and Latham both are big maulers. So you know if they clear a path for for whoever the running back is going to be, Jays, Richard Young, Jay, Justice Haynes, Jam Miller, Wardell Williams. I mean, you got so many running backs uh, that can run the ball great. But it all starts at the offensive line. They've got to create holes. And uh, and that right right side, man, they are going to create holes this year because, you know, J.C. and Tyler both have been adamant this offseason about getting back to that more physical style 
in the trenches. And if there's anybody who's going to do that, it's going to be those two guys, and it's just going to carry over to on, uh, to the other players on the offensive line. So, you know, those two got to be the leaders on the offensive line. And if somebody's not doing their job, they need to call them out. The leadership is what we've kind of been lacking, and an outspoken leader had a lot of you know unspoken leaders that I would call it just sat back and quiet and lead on the field. But you got to have somebody getting in the ears of players, and we hadn't had that last couple of years. Got to hold people accountable, and you know I feel like this team and, and this offensive line, they're all going to hold each other accountable. Yeah, I, I like this group, and and mm-hmm. you know um, if even though that there's still competition at certain spots, I think it could still be a strength of the team this year. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, like you mentioned, when you talk about Tyler Booker and JC Latham, those are two guys who are, they fit our, our, our they are the, the model of nasty <laughs> when it comes to the way they play, uh, the, the, the way they just continue to, they play up to the echo of the whistle. You know, they don't play after the whistle, but they're 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 in your face until that whistle blows, and they don't right. let up. I mean, it's 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 all gas. So, mm-hmm. uh, if they can show that type of leadership through example, and then like you mentioned, also have some vocal leadership as well, mm-hmm. um, this offensive line could be really good and really kind of be the the kind of be a good synopsis of what this team is, and and right. kind of lead that team to to you know, what they can do. And, and it's going to start with those guys up front. It all starts up front, uh, both offensively and defensively. So we need that unit on the offensive line to be solid if Alabama wants to to accomplish the things they want to accomplish here in 2023. Yeah, yeah, I agree, Stacey. Um, you know, talking about being that, that leader, uh, I really saw that Tyler Booker last year. When they was coming out on the field for the Kansas State game, he was running around, and I forgot who he pushed, but he pushed whoever it was like 10 yards back, and I'm like, okay, he's going to be the the igniter for the team next year. And I was really excited. I said the future's bright with him, you know, for next year, but the future's bright overall because that offensive line, like we have said, States, they are green, but there's a lot of talent there, and they can, un, you know, tap into that talent. They're going to be nasty for years because that's just what Eric Wolford wants. He wants the nastiness, and that's why Saban brought him in is because we had to get a more physical style of offensive line because the offensive line, like you said, it dictates how your team's going to play this year. The offensive line's mean and nasty, then your your offense is going to be mean and nasty. But if they're soft and weak, it's going to be soft and weak. So we don't need that going into the season. You need guys who is going to step up, be nasty in the trenches, and that's just going to give you an identity on the offense. Yep, it's all about creating that identity for your team, and 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 like we mentioned, it starts with those those guys up front on the offensive line. Um, I, I got to look at the comments or the chat here. Skip says, "Name for your morning show: Crimson Cafe or Breakfast mm-hmm. with the Tide." That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe we should kind of have a a little competition to come up with a, a good name for us uh, for our Saturday I think morning live. I think we asked that uh, on our last live. I think we, we maybe we did in the comment. Yeah. So maybe we did. Thank you. Thank you, Skip. <laughs> Tristan says, I feel, I feel, I feel we in good hands. Everybody needs to trust the process. I want great health leadership and each got to develop plus compete. Yeah. I mean, that's the name of the game I and mean, that's football in a nutshell right there. It's just about competing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, trusting in coach Saban's process uh, and, and, you know, I think that goes for the fans too, you know, right. as fans, we get a little carried away and, you know, if, if, if a freshman comes in and he doesn't compete like we think he should, or, you know, earn a starting role, like we think he should, we just kind of give up on that guy and move on to the next guy. And, and I think, I think Elijah Pritchett is a prime example of that. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's talking about the new shiny toy in Caden Proctor, and I understand why. He was a five-star for a reason. Right. He's shown a lot of promise. But, dude, Elijah Pritchett was highly recruited, too. And as a redshirt freshman, after being injured as a true freshman, he starts day one at left tackle in the spring. That's incredible. You know what that means? The coaching staff loves the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, trust the process. Coach Saban, Coach Wolford, they're going to get the offensive line figured out, and um, I'm excited to see what they look like. Uh, Jake, you know, in Coach Saban's, uh, you know, uh, post-practice comments uh, after the first practice on Thursday, um, he was asked about the inside linebackers, and and he mentioned two names, Jake, and that's a position we've talked about all summer long, about how important it is to get that those guys right, but how we were confident in, in the four guys that are really kind of competing for those two spots, and uh, really, it's just one spot because we really are confident that Deontay Lawson is going to be one of the starters. And, uh, uh, you know, Deontay Lawson is a guy who, when healthy, has been a really good player for Alabama, especially last season as a redshirt freshman. Uh, but he also mentioned Jihad Campbell by name, and those are the only two names he mentioned uh, when he was asked about the inside linebackers. Does that tell you anything? Do you feel like that's kind of a hint of what we might see when September 2nd rolls around? Uh, you know, it, it's saving. You know, he's just going to put it as little as possible out there for the media because, you know, it, like you said, it's two days in the fall camp. And, you know, he Saban's never really, op- you know, talked about open, you know, spots and, and battles. You know, he's always been adamant he's going to play the best guys that he sees fit. And, uh, and that's been true since he's been down there. Uh, so if, if, you know, Jahad Campbell is, is the guy, you know, that has shown the most promise at that other inside linebacker spot, then he's going to be the one on the field, you know, but, you know, maybe somebody asked him who, who he thought and they, you know, he just gave two, two answers. We already know, like you said, Deontay Lawson, what he did last year when he's healthy, uh, I don't see anybody taking his spot. But that other in, inside linebacker position is up for grabs, and there's like six players that that it could go to. So uh, yeah, I, I feel like j- just personal opinion. I feel like Campbell would be the one early on to to get the starting nod there. Uh, but like I said, there's a lot of competition and a lot of great talent there. So it's going to be an, an interesting fall camp uh, to see who who latches on to that position out you know beside uh, Lawson and takes it over. Yeah, and and you know, obviously, like like, like we mentioned, we we've said all summer long, we feel like Lawson will be, you know, one of the starters at inside linebacker, and that other mm-hmm. spot was really up for grabs. And you know, you look at, at Jahad Campbell; he's a guy who was mainly an edge rusher in high school. He kind of made that transition to inside linebacker as a true freshman last season. So, you know, now that he's had a year under his belt to learn the position, he kind of learned the nuances of what it means to be an inside linebacker in Alabama's scheme. Uh, his athletic ability and his ability to rush the pasture could could be a real good, uh, you know, kind of a a change up uh, for Alabama uh, th- this season, and and he could he could really provide a different type of of player than what we're used to seeing from that inside linebacker role, almost like a Rashawn Evans, where we saw him, you know, line up in the you know off ball, uh, you know early on in downs and then maybe line up with his fingers in the dirt and rush the passer on, on third down. So uh, he's got a lot of versatility. Uh, you look at, at, at Tresman Marshall, a guy who played as a freshman at Georgia. So uh, now he's at Alabama. 
he just kind of lost his, his place there at Georgia due to a lot of injuries. But if you if you play as a freshman at Georgia, that means you can ball. So don't count out Tresman Marshall. He obviously knows the system, you know, playing for Kirby Smart there at Georgia. Uh, then you look at Justin Jefferson, a guy who just man, just so athletic. His his closing speed when he sees the play is 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 it's it, it's elite, Jake. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's next level elite. Um, you know, he's a guy who maybe doesn't earn a lot of playing time in the early portion of the season, but by the time, you know, Oh, I think we lost Stacy. Um, but, uh, anyway, yeah, just, we was talking about inside linebackers. Stacy was giving his October his and us. Bear with us, guys. Stacy's going in and out. So, oh, look, like we got him back. Sorry, got Sorry about internet. that. Yeah, we, we mentioned at the at the start of the show how our inter, both of our internets have just been wonky lately. Crying has been every, every ten minutes or so; it just stops working. Mm-hmm. And so, just bear with us. Sorry about that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think I think between Jihad Campbell, uh, 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 Tresman Marshall, I lost his name for a minute, and Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson. Uh, there, there's three guys vying for that one spot opposite of uh, of Deontay Lawson, and they're all really good players, and they all kind of bring a little bit something different. Uh, but I think you know Kevin Steele and Robert Bala will do a uh, uh, a good job of kind of figuring out how to mix and match those guys to uh, to to put the defense in the best position to be successful. Yeah, I agree. I'm sense, Stacy. <clears throat> the um, you know there's a lot of talent. Uh, at that inside linebacker position, Deontay Lawson's probably got his his spot, you know, secured. But uh, you can take him out for a series or two just to keep him uh, fresh and healthy for for a late run in the season. And uh, and but like, like we said, we have six seven guys you can go to. Uh, if Trez Marshall comes in and you know he could be like you said a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, he knows the system being there at Georgia. Uh, you know, Jefferson, we've both been high on since we saw him in A-Day. Uh, but Campbell as well, man, he, you know, he come in, I think, last year as a, as a freshman, and uh, he looked really, really good. Uh, and uh, I think uh, Blackshire, you know, he's he's been on the team for a while. He could he could make a run for it. So there's a lot of talent there, and, and each one of them has their own unique style that depending on the situation, you'll probably see out there, uh, you'll probably see several different lineups for you know for uh, the the situation that we're in at that that point in the game. So uh, you know, just keep an eye on that. But I f- I feel confident with the inside linebacker group that whoever it is, we're going to be fine. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. We're fixing to get to the to the Q and A portion uh, of our show here in just a minute. But I do want to bring up real quickly. Um, Amari Jefferson, a four-star receiver from Tennessee, is going to be making his commitment a little bit later this afternoon. Uh, I think he's going to end up picking Alabama, so a great addition there for, for the class. Of course, there's a couple other guys committing this weekend. Uh, K.J. Bolden, uh, Nathaniel Frazier. Uh, I don't think either one of those guys are going to pick Alabama, uh, but uh, those, those are two other commitments to watch. Uh, I, I think there's a chance that Bolden will either go to Georgia Auburn or Florida State, and I think it's really down between Alabama and Georgia for Nathaniel Nathaniel Frazier, the running back from from modern day high school out in California. But 
Um, he's arguably the best back in this class, but I think he's going to pick Georgia simply because of the young talent that Alabama has in their backfield right now. I mean, they signed two guys in just the last class, so there's not going to be a lot of room for for playing time early on in, in Tuscaloosa. And Georgia's got a, got, got some guys that are going to be gone after this year. So um, I I wouldn't be shocked if Frazier picked Alabama because he loves Alabama. But he's looking at that at the depth chart with both Alabama and Georgia. So right now I just kind of lean Georgia a little bit. But I do feel good about Jefferson, and he's a two-sport athlete, a guy who's going to play baseball at Alabama too. I mean, he's an elite baseball player, an elite wide receiver, so he would be a great pickup for Alabama. Man, you think about, you know, talking about the future already, you you got, you know, uh, the the two uh, wide receivers that we've already signed, you know, Williams and um, and French, and you, you add Amari Jefferson – you getting guys for for Julian Say in, in a couple of years that he's going to have targets galore to throw to. So I'm excited. You know, I'm excited about this year's team, but the future is just still bright as ever. You know, and and that's what's so funny. Say Saban's, you know, how highs and, and and you know his his retirement has been coming on for ten years now, but <laughs> yeah. I mean he's still recruiting at a high level. You know, he's losing it. He ain't lost his mind one bit because he's still recruiting at a high level. So, you know, it's the dynasty isn't over, guys. And, and you can tell by, by these guys we're going after. Saban's still still looking and, and wants to bet the, to put the team in the future once he retires, still in a great position to win championships after he does retire. Yeah, and and now the new thing for his retirement is he's bought a home in Florida, so <laughs> an island, an island home in Florida. Yeah. You know, yeah, no oh, gosh, yeah. So, yeah, keep an eye on that. He he may he may announce retirement after this year. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I you know, I think I think as long as Saban is healthy, he's going to coach. Right. I mean, he yeah he lives for competition. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that that's 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 what makes up his DNA is competition. So uh, I I don't see him, you know, calling it quits anytime soon, as long as his health allows it. And he's of sound mind and uh, he's, he's not going anywhere. I mean, that'd be absolutely shocked. I I have been adamant in saying Saban's not going to retire until Miss Terry tells him to, because she, from everything I've been, I've read and heard, she absolutely loves, Tuscaloosa. So, and and I have said, you know, fun, funnily, I've said from from time to time that she's the one that's actually coaching the football team. It's just saving out there in the in the in the spotlight on the field. But she's the one that runs the show behind the scenes. So uh, that's that that's in part true. But uh, yeah, I know I know I know you say that jokingly, but yeah, right. she's uh yeah, she definitely called. I think she definitely calls the shot in the saving household. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Just like I think, Cassie calls the shots I, in my I, house. <laughs> I think that's the case for most of us, if we're being right. honest. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, but uh, yeah, um, great show. Thank, thanks to all the comments so far, man. It's, yeah, it's, let's you know, and let's let's get yeah. to some Q and A's. Uh, yeah, you know, let, we have a few minutes that we can discuss some anything you want to talk about. Uh, for those watching the, the live show right now, jump in jump in the live chat and and drop your questions for us. We would love to kind of. Talk about anything and everything. The, the football season is right around the corner, Jake. Uh, mm-hmm. Man, I cannot wait. Uh, September second yeah. cannot get here soon enough. And there's so much to to look at, Jake. This team is yeah. this team is so interesting. I don't remember a team coming in with with so many, and it's not even question marks. It's just so many open competitions 
at really at important positions. I right. mean, you look at the left side of the offensive line, you look at the inside linebacker, you look at some of the places in the secondary that that are kind of up for grabs. And um, now you look, obviously, the quarterback situation, Jake. Uh, mm -hmm. It's uh, there's so many key position battles going on right now. So uh, I, I can't wait. I cannot wait yeah. for the season. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I watched a video yesterday um, that I agree. I, you know, I tend to agree with. Seems like the last couple of years we got more Bryce focused instead of what was true Alabama form, and that was running it down people's throats for you know. Like I saw a comment earlier, uh, like Ronnie said, the old thirteen plays, blood of your nose, eighty yard type drives, you know. And that probably runs seven, eight minutes off the board, you know, off the clock. And now with the new clock rule coming in where after the first down or if you go, you know, it keeps running um, until you, I think, the last two minutes, you know, two minutes of, of the half or might have been the, the quarter. But that favors Alabama well because if they're going back to that old smash mouth football where they had the 13-yard, you know, 85-yard drive or 13 plays, 85-yard drive, you know, run eight minutes off the clock, that just wears the defense out before daggum halftime gets there. So that sets, you, sets yourself up well for the second half. So that's what we've been missing the last couple of years. We did have a generational talent at quarterback. I understand that. But, you know, and, and we kind of lacked some some creativity in the offensive playbook. But the, the way Alabama has – dominated college football in the past is that smash mouth offense and we've we're fixing to get back to that i feel like yeah but i i want i want to make look we we can talk about how we want to get back to, to the physicality and mm -hmm. I, I want to do that too because i think that's what suits what our roster looks like right now but jake yeah. when you have a bryce young you have to feature yeah. bryce young absolutely for sure and and we, we did not win championships because we we were not physical on offense we didn't win championships because we couldn't stop people when it mattered yeah jake we've averaged more points than anybody in the country over the past four seasons mm -hmm. the offense was never the issue we could not get key stops and key moments to win football games yeah, you look at the Tennessee game last year, Jake. There's like 20 seconds left in the fourth quarter after we just missed a field goal, and we couldn't stop stop them from getting in field goal range in 20 seconds. Yep. You look back at the LSU game, Jake. Uh, our defense played great up until the last series, and then in overtime, Jake. And so, you, when you average 45 points a game over four seasons, the offense was not the issue. You didn't get key stops on defense, and that's what prevented Alabama from winning championships, Jake. And look, what prevented Alabama from winning the championship in 2021 was the fact that John Mechie and Jamison Williams went yeah. down with injuries. That's Absolutely. the only thing that kept them from winning the championship. Alabama was on their way to boat race in Georgia once again in the national championship game. But the injuries to Mechie and the injuries to Jamison Williams, Alabama didn't have enough explosive playmakers because they were all freshmen then. We had yep. one healthy running back in, in Brian Robinson in the game. We were limited on what we could do in that game, and we still led going into the fourth quarter in that matchup, Jake. Yeah. Our offense, even despite having some issues, the fact that the defense could not get key stops, that's why we have not won a championship in the last two seasons. Let's not forget, Jake, we're only three seasons removed from the championship. The, yeah. the, 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 this idea Alabama somehow lost who they are, it's not true. It's not true. They, they reverted to a more finesse-style offense 
because they had the number one pick in the NFL draft in Bryce Young at quarterback. That's mm -hmm. why. But now you look at the roster and what they look like. You know, the, the offensive line is bigger. They're more physical. We have five running backs who could basically play for anybody else in the country. So that's what we're going to feature. We're, we're, we have a little bit of question mark quarterback, so we're going to rely on a physical rushing attack, a play-action passing game, and and the defense that's going to be packing physical Mm -hmm. And that's what that's what this team is because that's what the roster looks like at this point. Yeah, hundred percent, Stacy. Hey, Brock says Stacy Preacher dead on point. Uh, Christopher uh, says our issue with the defense has been the middle of the line. Hopefully, Otis and the two Smiths will rectify that. Okay, and I, and and I, I that that's true. And I think part of that goes back to the way we look. Who who does the defensive line play against every single day in practice? The Alabama's off. Alabama's offensive line. What has Alabama's offensive line been like the last few years? They've been more finesse, not quite as much hit you in the mouth. So, by default, it, the defensive line just hasn't been quite as physical as they needed to be. Right. And I think with the changing of style that we're going to be looking like on the offensive line, then, then we might see a more uh, physical brand of football from the defensive front as well. Yeah. Bob says preach. <laughs> says I, want, yeah. I want to go back up to a question I saw from, I think, Skip Campbell. Go ahead. Yeah. Do you think Florida State and Clemson will come to the SEC? Of course, of course. conference expansion is – and really, expansion is not even the right word. We're going to have fewer no. conferences. So, it might be <laughs> – I don't know what we need to call it, but it's not – you know, there's yeah. a couple conferences expanding. Everybody else is dwindling away. But <laughs> It's gotten stupid here lately. It's I mean, crazy. Yeah. But as far as Florida State and Clemson, obviously it's possible. But, you know, you got to think of what comes into to, to play here when you're talking about conference expansion. TV markets are huge. Mm -hmm. You know, we already have the University of Florida for the state of Florida. You know, so – you know, gaining getting somebody like Florida State, you're not you're not really going to be introducing a large TV market to, for college football, and and same thing with Clemson. We've already got South Carolina, so uh, the TV market that Clemson would bring would not be huge as well. So I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm just saying you have to keep that part in mind as well. Um, also, uh, when I think about TV markets, I want to get that Charlotte market. So right. North Carolina to me would be a huge play. It would be a huge get for the SEC because of that Charlotte market that they could bring in, uh, you know, if North Carolina was to join the conference. So, uh, you know, as far as conference expansion for the SEC, uh, it's so hard to tell because Greg Sankey plays everything close to the vest. And, and look, the SEC doesn't have to go begging for people. People's going to come knocking on the door, and you just kind of got to figure out what suits your conference the best as far as you know TV revenue and what those those institutions bring to you athletically and academically because that's important too. Right, Stacey, me and you have uh, have discussed in the past. Uh, I don't think it's been on here, but you know, just through texts or, or talking uh, when we hang out and stuff about we would love to go experience the game at Virginia Tech to experience you know at night. Just think if we got them in the SEC and Alabama goes up there, there may be a be a way we could well, do it. You I, know? They, they play there in a few years, Jake. I say a few, yeah. it's like 10 years. 
That's right. That's I think right. I think I think they have a home and away with Virginia Tech scheduled here in about ten years. So that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be, you know that you know that that's the thing. I've not I've always I've been to Alabama. I've not really been to any other stadium, but that's something I'm hoping I get to do here in the future is go experience you know experience the other away stadiums. I've always heard the Grove down at Ole Miss is is really really good. Uh, they're they're really fr- friendly down there. Um, you know. Um, let's see. I'm probably not going to go to the uh, to the garbage truck convention. I have no desire to go to go to it. And uh, uh, but just going to other other waste games and, and places just to experience their atmosphere. I think it'd be pretty cool. <laughs> My son just walked in and was complaining about the internet. If that, if that tells you anything <laughs> about our struggles of late, yeah. Uh, I think Bob said that his internet has been messed up here lately. Bob, have you had uh, – you got charter because that's what we got. And our, 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 ours is actually uh, called Spectrum. Spectrum, yeah. It's Spectrum. But um, going, going to the defensive line real quick, Stacey, I know I forgot who uh, who, who was talked about that. Uh, oh, Christopher did, talking about deep middle of the line. You know, court, you know we talked about the, the different competitions. I feel like – you know the defensive line could be is is pretty much set with the board be coming back healthy and you got Otis uh, and Tim Smith, but you know there's a lot of good guys that you I feel like somebody could get pushed in this fall camp and, and could lose their job. And I know I know James Smith is the guy that could probably be be the one, but you know you know a lot of people don't talk about uh, pain. Pain I feel like could be a stud you know, on that defensive line this year. Uh, and there's just a lot of talent. And, you know, how are you going to get them all on the field? And that that's a good problem to have as we, t- we talk about it. But, if you know, if we just had to go with with one guy on the defensive line who who could potentially lose his, his position and who would be the guy to replace him, I think it would be Tim Smith losing it and from, you know, James Smith taking it. It would just be the two Smiths cha- changing out. See, I, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that won't happen, but, but Tim Smith has shown a lot of promise too. He's got to be, be a more, a more consistent player. But, Mm -hmm. um, the the good thing about the defensive line is you can play six or seven guys the same amount of snaps, and, and I think that's what you're going to see Alabama do. I mean, you, you think about the three guys you mentioned, Jaheim Otis. Uh, Tim Smith and Justin Aboyby, but James Smith, Jamarian Latham, Damon Payne, I think even Monkel Goodwine earned some snaps as well. Mm-hmm. Looking at a guy to play a true nose guard position in, in a reserve role, you got a guy like Tim Keenan there. So I think there's six to eight guys that could receive a significant amount of first team reps for Alabama this fall. And, Absolutely. and I still think there's a lot of development to go on at that position group. And, and like I mentioned just a few minutes ago, Every day in practice, they're going to be they're going to be going up against the offensive line that's nasty now. Yeah. So so they're going to have they're going to have to you know pull up their their pants their big boy put their big bro britches on and mm-hmm. get after it. So I'm looking forward to that competition as well. And look, scrimmages will be starting. I think the first scrimmage is August 12th. The second scrimmage will be August 19th. And then that's just two weeks from the start of the football season. So we're going to know more once these scrimmages get underway and we kind of see what these uh, we know what the the lineup looks like a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. And talking about stay on the defensive line real quick, it feels like a make or break year for uh, Roach. You know, on that defensive line as as a coach. Um, you know, just like you said, development hasn't per se been 
the best, and it just needs to get a little bit better. But I'm with you, Stacey. I feel like Tim Smith feels like he he can be that next guy. He can take that next step, and he needs to take that next step. And, and he's consistently – I mean, he's improved every single year. It just he needs to be more physical in the trenches now and, and take that next step. You know, at Borgby, we feel like he was going to be – Maybe you know early second round type of player before his injuries hit, um, and then Otis has come in and, and he's looked really really well. But you know we've not had a dominant person on that on that defensive line the last couple of seasons, and I feel like that's been a little bit of coaching. Uh, you know, Barmore is probably the only one that that has been that guy that you know kind of lived up to expectation. We you know I feel like Roach needs some of these guys to step up. And have a big season, or you know he, you know he he may be be out. And I, you know, we talked about it. we love Roach, but you know it's just the development has not been there. It seems like the last several seasons. Yeah, and and the truth is, Jake, uh, you know, uh, Tristan mentioned Quinnen Williams. I think Quinnen Williams is the last first round defensive lineman we've had drafted. So yeah, uh, you know that that tells you a lot about the state of the defensive line in Tuscaloosa. And look, you're not going to have Quinnen Williams every single season. I mean, that's no. just I mean, that's asking way too much. There's there's not there's right. only a handful of those guys. I mean, there's a reason he just become one of the highest paid defensive linemen in the league. So mm-hmm. um, but uh I, I do think there's room for Alabama to show improvement there on the defensive line. And, and it is a big season for Coach Roach to kind of prove that he can he can coach that position and he can develop at the position because if the defensive line plays well, it it just makes everything easier for the rest of the guys on that defense. So I'm looking forward to a to a more uh, improved defensive line and a defensive line that, that kind of collapses the pocket, like Ronnie says, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, forces the quarterback to make an early decision or take a sack. So that's, that's yeah. going to be critical for Alabama in 2023. It's uh that's, that's a position that I'm really watching uh, throughout fall camp and in the early portion of the season. Yeah. Uh, Jim, uh, he says that, that still knows how to coach this defense. Absolutely. You know, I think, if we could not have gotten Jeremy Pruitt, Kevin Steele is the next best option, and and we we went and took it. And then another thing that Ronnie has said in the chat that you know you probably won't see a lot of Jay Pope on the field this year, except probably in the special teams packages. But I do like like his like his demeanor and how he plays. I mean, he is the type of guy who will come down and lay you out. He let a couple of people out in the, you know, in a day. So, you know, talking about getting more physical, that's the type of guys. It seems like we have recruited the last couple of seasons. seems like we're trying to get that more physicality out of the players. So, you know, I, I don't know how much of playing time he will get at Alabama, but, you know, as long as he's back there knocking heads with, with, with people, it's going to make them that much tougher. Justin says Roach is not only coaching the D line, still will be coaching the entire defense. So our defense will have Steele's attitude. So yeah, and and I think I think that's the key. Look, mm-hmm. uh Pete Golden, we've talked about him so much on our show. My gosh, we've talked about Pete Golden so much. It's not that he's a bad football coach. I mm-hmm. think I think he has a few faults. He overcoaches, I think. Yeah. He overcoaches, doesn't allow his guys to just play. He he let guys get by with with a little bit too much. He wasn't on them hard enough. Mm-hmm. And so I and that includes the coaches as well. So I, I I'm with you, and I think what Steele is going to bring is that attitude. That's a great yep. word for it. Steele has that old school uh in your face, 
hit him in the mouth attitude. And I think that's going to, I think that's going to transfer over to the entire defense. And it's just going to make that defense look a little more like that old school album of defense that we're used to seeing. I, I watched the, uh, the uh, 2014 and the 20, uh, see, what was it? Yeah. The 2014 and maybe the 2016 SEC championship games last night. Um, my gosh, were they fun to watch those defenses? I mean, they they got after you. They yeah. got after you, and they hit you in the mouth, and, and you knew they were there for 60 minutes. And and that's what I'm looking forward to getting back to on that side of the football. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I want to make, uh, Chef T, um, yeah, I, I was with you on this. I, I vividly remember, and I've told – you know, we've talked about this, um, as, you know, a lot – uh, even after after this game, but in twenty nine the twenty nineteen LSU game, we had just went up, and um, and I think well, I think we was up maybe like, like four or five then, and I was like, okay, no, we were still down by like four or five. I said, all we need to do is get a a stop. I think it was like maybe fifty seconds left. I said, we just got to get a stop, get the ball back, because they was not stopping you know Smith and and two in that game. Because I mean, they just went down the field, you know, moments before and scored a touchdown, to get within five. And then I was like, "All we gotta do is just stop these three running plays, and and we get the ball back and we win the game." The very first play on the very first down, they ran twelve yards up the middle, and I'm like, "Well, we're done." You know, I'm like, "That's one bad thing that that has happened last several seasons under Pete Golden. We just cannot stop the run consistently." I think all that's missing to change. You know, I feel like we're physically get dirty again in the trenches, the nastiness, because like me and Stacey said earlier, when your offensive line is popping in the mouth, you've got to either bow up and, and pop them back or you're just going to get beat off the line. And I just don't feel like Kevin Steele is going to let his defensive boys get beat off the line. So I feel like we're going to get more physical, you know, in the trenches defensively as well. And we're going to plug some holes with, with this team this year. Yep, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, guys, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, what what a what a awesome way to kind of kick off this first Saturday in August as we get ready for the college football season and uh, you know fall camps underway. So there's going to be a lot of content rolling out over the next few weeks leading up to the start of the season. So we're going to be here for that. Yep. Uh, it looks like everybody enjoyed this Saturday morning live show. So I think this is going to be a, a big success for us here on Todd Talk Live. I hope that you'll join us throughout the college football season as we as we do this every Saturday morning. Um, uh, Jake, any last uh, comments before we roll out for the day? Uh, hopefully uh, we both get better internet soon. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the only comment I've got because it, it's, you know, sorry about that, guys. We, we've we're probably gonna have technical difficulties. We've got a a flash fiber that's been running our in our area. It's just taking a little while to get to both of us in our region, so in our area. So hopefully, once that both get here, we'll get it. And from everything that I've been told, there's no issues with it. So cannot wait for that. Uh, Ronnie wants to know when our next show will be. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll probably be back one night this week. Um, yeah. I don't know when. Or we just have to play our schedule by ear. Because, yep. you know, I got kids and cheer and uh, tumbling and all that kind of stuff. So I just got to yep. play that by ear and we'll, we'll get together. But we'll let you guys know for sure yeah, when we plan to do another show. But uh, we, we really appreciate everybody tuning in today. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, fall camp, like we said, it's it's just now firing up. And, and that mm -hmm. means the content will be firing up as well. So 
looking forward to all that. Thank you so much, guys, for watching. If you're not already, hit that subscribe button, uh, hit that like button, and, and share us with all your friends on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Let us know. Let everybody know how to find us here at Tide Talk Live. Been a lot of fun. Jake, cannot wait to be back in a few days to talk some more album of football. But until then, roll Tide. Roll Tide. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis, which could lead to psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix treats both. Cosentix Ecucinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, 300 milligram dose, and adults with active psoriatic arthritis, 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.